You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your host, Lynn Markell. Hey there, Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. And everything happens so much. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, so at this point, I'm kind of just hoping the audio is good. Yeah. we're just going to sit here and record for about an hour, and we're just going to fucking see what happens. Yeah, like... We got two out of the three new mics set up. Yeah, the third one isn't set up because the cord, cord is, is apparently busted on it. Yeah, which it was fine when we bought it, and now it's not. Not so it's like it's whatever. It was like five dollars, but still. Yeah, cord is cheap. Cheap still, replacement. It, not not ideal. So yeah. we're at like a two thirds setup. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and there's also a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's decided oh that he is liquid now and doors will not stop him. <laughs> he literally, he was sat there for a while while we were setting everything up, like, you know, crying and screaming and crying some more and scratching at the door, sticking his paws under. And <laughs> he literally just, like, flattens himself and just... Somehow under the, door. under the door, and I didn't even think he would be able to. So, <laughs> and now also like Aries is in here, and also like we had one of those like like TV show moments where like like earlier when he was making a fuss, Travis was like, "Oh well, he's too fat to fit <laughs> the door," <laughs> and apparently I was wrong. I'm telling you, it's not it's not fat. It, well, I mean, it's a little bit of baby fat plus so much fluff. It, it it must just be yeah. a lot of fluff because he should not have been able to do that, and yet here we are. And so he is. I don't know where he went. He's next to me. Okay. Yeah. No, he's just chilling. So, yeah, he's hey, he's that. he's vibing for now. He is vibing. New uh, <laughs> setup and a cat in the room for the first time. Yeah. While this recording. Is, this is not typically allowed, but whatever. But I mean, there seems to be literally nothing we can do about it. So yeah, I'll have to try to figure out how to fix that later. Yeah. Well, for our uh, one hundred and first episode, <laughs> season two, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, we haven't actually officially made seasons. Made, se- yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really matter. No, it's but all one everlasting season. Regardless, we have got. Two thirds of our new audio setup, and and also a bonus cat. And I figured, what better way to uh, you know start off the new hundred? Yes, is by doing perhaps our most requested episode at this point. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been highly requested. Are we finally going to get to do an episode in ASMR? No, no, that has not been requested even once. Except by Lewin. Except by Lewin. Hey, you're the Co-host, it doesn't really count. Oh. Uh, Wait, don't we do our... Okay, but like when we electively choose our topics that have not been requested by anyone because we want to do them, isn't that us answering our own requests? No, it's kind of just order of... Listen, I'm going to call us all out here. 
It's order of easiest to research. No, no, no. Or, mo- or most interesting. To I mean, yes, that one for sure, yeah. But like from a, a listener's perspective, wouldn't it be like they're going to request the things that they're most interested to learn about? And so we. I'm not getting into this. Request right ourselves no, of we're, ourselves. No, we're done. I want to do, card list. This I episode, episode, do an ASMR episode. Guys. This episode has been requested by at least Joey, Abrisio Jacinto, and Anthony. Cobble! Cobble! Woo! I, uh, Time to get to the spicy lizard boys. Okay. Yeah. Actually, all lizard boys. Are I, I, we've, we've definitely we'll, covered a lot of spicy lizards. We're, we'll revisit that. Okay. What, the ASMR? or no. Okay, gotcha. Um, I'll get y'all. Yes. Like, like usual, we're going to go over the real world influences first. Nice. Kobolds uh, originally come from Germanic folklore and mythology. Nice. Kobolds are types of sprites, which are small supernatural beings like fairies, pixies, brownies, dwarves, etc. Uh, huh. I didn't actually know that that was a thing, that they were sprites. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The precise origins and timeline of origins is disputed, as it's unknown if kobolds influenced the Scottish, Irish, and Scandinavians for the brownie, fairy, and Nis, uh, respectively, or if those influenced the Germanic people for the kobolds. So it's kind of uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yes. Um, basically, it's uh, one guy will say, oh, no, the kobolds came first. And the guy, other guy's like, you are obviously biased because you have a doctorate in Germanic folklore. You can't comment on this unless you have evidence. Like, literally, that's what I was reading was a dispute that basically sucked <laughs> I love, God. I love uncovering um, disputes in, like, anthropological, yeah. like, communities. Like, about some people who are really pissed off about, um, like, the, the draconian being uh, associated with Tiamat. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's so funny to me. Like, give me, like, I don't, I don't even know what's going on, but, like, give me the tea. Regardless, they have much in common with these in more European stories. Nice. Uh, religious historians have suggested that kobold beliefs derive from pagan traditions of worshipping household deities that live in the hearth fire. Nice. Alternatively, the earliest kobolds were thought to be tree spirits. It's kind of like a, are they related? Do they just happen to have similar names? Are, are they the same thing? Did they evolve? It's kind of unknown. Well, yeah, when they hit level 21, they evolve into their next form. God. Uh, medieval Germans uh, carved kobolds from boxwood, wax, and mandrake root and put them up in the room for fun. That's a direct quote. Um, oh, huh. That's such not a... Not that kind. Up in the room, like... That is, not, that is not where I was going, actually, even a little bit. Okay, well, that's good. They're, so they just used them for decoration, but, basically. But that, that phrasing for... <laughs> I, that's like how I put, like, art prints that I buy of dragons. I put them up in the room for fun. Yeah. Yes. Um, people <laughs> believed that the wild kobold would remain in the material used to carve the figure. Uh, these kobold effigies were about 12 to 24 inches tall and had colorful clothing and large mounts. It's actually a 17th century expression to laugh like a kobold, which may refer to these dolls with their mouths wide open and may mean to laugh loud and heartily. Aww, that's cute. Okay, see, like, my image of kobolds has always just been these small, ugly-ish little creatures. 
And we'll get to that. But apparently the real world lore is not fucking lit. Well, not quite. We'll, again, I'll get to it. Uh, my uh, my context for them is uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm sorry. Etymologically, uh, there's a lot of potential origins for the kobold. Once more, it's disputed. Um, <laughs> the kofobalt, uh, I may be pronouncing that incorrectly, but or kofobalt, that actually that sounds more correct. Kofobalt uh, is a spirit with powers over a single room, and it's thought to be the ancestor of the term kobold, and maybe even the creature itself. Mm-hmm. Other historians have drawn parallels between kobold and the Roman home deities, as well as the Anglo-Saxon kofgodas, which are room gods. One of the earlier and more commonly accepted etymologies for kobold is tracing the word's origin through the Latin kobalus to the Greek kobalos, meaning rogue. Okay. Uh, The change from alas to ult is a feature in German language used for monsters and supernatural beings. So... Basically, rogue supernatural being, rogue monster. Mm-hmm. Um, the words goblin and goblin, rendered in medieval Latin as goblinius, may in fact derive from the words kobold. So, kobold may have come before goblins. Oh, interesting. Um, in addition to these home spirits type kobolds, the Germanic people believed in a wild type of kobold that lived underground and inside of ma- mountains to act as miners. Uh, there was a third version as well, although this one is often disputed to have existed in modern studies, and that was the sea kobold. Hmm. So, the minor kobolds make a whole lot more sense to me, uh, mostly because my imagery for kobolds mostly came first from World of Warcraft, Yeah, where a lot of them were in the mountain areas and had miners and pickheads. Pickheads? Pickheads. Pickaxes and Yeah, hats. there we go. Pickheads and axes. <laughs> Just yes. Straight up back. Yeah. Um, and spoiler alert, that will translate into D&D. I feel like most adaptations of kobolds, if they don't take the minor thing, they're really just ignoring the entire history of the kobold, like, mythology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, that seems to be, like, their biggest part in history there. Yeah. Um, so kobolds are naturally invisible, but they can physically materialize as animals, humans, and fires. Specifically including candles. Nice. Like a whole candle or just like the flame of a candle? Unsure. Nice. Uh, either way. Cool. Uh, the most common depictions of kobolds show them as human-like figures about the size of small children. Uh, kobolds who live in human homes wear the clothing of peasants. Those who live in mines are hunched and ugly. And kobolds who live on ships smoke pipes and wear sailor clothing. <laughs> nice. Holy shit. Um, the kobolds oh, who live in the human homes are generally depicted Human-like, like I said, dressed as peasants and standing up about as tall as a four-year-old child. Um, described in the shape of a short, thick-set being, neither boy nor man, but akin to the condition of both, garbed in a party-colored loose surcoat, wearing a high-crowned hat with a broad brim on his diminutive head. Holy shit! Yes, that is. A, there's a lot going on there. Other tales describe kobolds as appearing like herdsmen. For work and little wrinkled old men in pointed hats, or some even resembling just straight up looking like small children. Hmm. Um, Heinzelman, which is a named kobold from, from the folklore of Lundermullen Castle in the uh, region of Lundberg, appeared as a beautiful boy with blonde, curly hair to his shoulders and dressed in a red silk coat. His voice was soft and tender, like that of a boy or maiden. Hmm. 
So we've got blonde curly hair. Also the red the red cloaks the red cloak gives me red riding hood vibes also, yeah. which is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, that, that description in general, I swear I have seen that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, it should be mentioned that uh, there are some uh, that uh, say that they're the spirits of dead children and they possess knives that show the means of which they were murdered. Okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. Hmm. Now, that is not the same of all kobolds. That's just that one particular, like, thought. <laughs> but. They hmm. possess knives. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. They're variously described mine kobolds as two feet old men dressed like miners to short, bent creatures with ugly features, including in some tales, coal black skin. Which I guess would make sense for the whole mining aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of sits with my initial... And I think in this description, it... I don't know German. Uh, I think in this description, it literally means, like, skin that has just been stained with coal. Yeah. Um, They're dirty. uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. They're dirty boys. Uh, Cobalt from the beliefs of fishermen and sailors of the Baltic Sea typically appears as a small, pipe-smoking, human-like figure wearing a yellow nightcap with hat and a red or gray jacket. Holy shit. Um, most often, though, kobolds remain completely invisible. <laughs> I would, too, if I looked like that. Are you kidding? If I, if I was on the... If I had a wide-brimmed yellow hat and I was smoking a pipe on the high seas... And you're able to just scare the shit out of some random sailors by appearing out of nowhere. Fuck yeah. You know what? Fair enough. <laughs> um, uh, one particular named kobold uh, had... Uh, was known to have hands thin like those of a frog, cold and soft to the feel, but he never showed himself. So he just let this dude feel his hands, but not like <laughs> look at him. Yeah, well, he was invisible. So like, here you can touch my hands, but you still can't see me. Ha ha. Oh, I guess I assumed that it was a like it's an at will thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you're at that point in your relationship where like you'll let them touch your hands. But, like, not look upon your visage, you know? Sometimes it'd be that way. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the master of Hundermullen Castle, where Heinzelman lived, convinced the kobold to let him touch him one night. The kobold's fingers were childlike, and its face was like a skull without body heat. So, I, 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 I feel like there's, like, there's some through lines in all of these, like, purported descriptions, but then... Also, like... There's just the occasional, like, dead child, dead child, dead child. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, um, frog-like. And then you have skull. And then you have... Without body heat. Without body heat. I mean, I feel like your your skull probably wouldn't have body heat if it were removed from your body. Probably not. Probably not. Unless you're, like, scorpion. Just uh, fire. Domestic kobolds are linked to a specific house. There are some legends that claim that every house had a resident kobold, regardless of the owner's desires or needs. Um, the means by which a kobold enters that new home vary from tale to tale. One tradition claims the kobold enters the household by announcing itself at night by strewing wood chips about the house and putting dirt or cow manure in the milk cans. Well, that seems a little rude. Couldn't you just, like, ring a bell or something? They're mischievous creatures, by the way. Um, if the master of the house leaves the wood chips and drinks the soiled milk, the kobold takes up residence. Another legend says, should someone take pity on a kobold in the form of a cold, wet creature and take it inside to warm it, 
Spirit takes up residence there. So that one would screw all of us. Yep. Yeah, it would. Yep. Uh, kobolds bring good luck and help to their hosts as long as the hosts take care of them. In return, the family must leave a portion of their supper to the spirit and must treat the kobolds with respect, never mocking or laughing at the creature. Um, slighted kobolds become quite malevolent and vengeful, afflicting errant hosts with supernatural diseases and disfigurements and injuries. Their pranks range from beating the servants to murdering those who insult them. Valid. I mean, okay, but I'm, I feel like the term pranks is used a little loosely there at the end. <laughs> Somewhat. Because I feel like murder is not necessarily a prank. It's just a prank, bro. Why are you so mad? It's just a prank. Um, Stories of subterranean kobolds were common in Germany by the 16th century. Superstitious miners believed that the creatures were expert miners and metal workers who could be heard constantly drilling, hammering, and shoveling. Uh, some stories claim that kobolds live in the rock and human beings live in the air. Legends often paint underground kobolds as evil creatures. In medieval mining towns, people prayed for protection from them. They were blamed for the accidents, cadence, and rock slides that plagued human miners. Hmm. Uh, one favorite kobold Which definitely feels more prankish than just murder. Yeah. Is that where fool's good comes from? Maybe. Hmm. According to other various traditions, Kabatermans, or sea kobolds, live on ships and are generally beneficial to the crew. Uh, For example, a sea kobold will pump water from the hold, arrange cargo, and hammer out holes until they can be repaired. The creatures are thought to be especially useful in times of danger, preventing the ship from sinking. The sea kobold is associated with the wood of the ship at the it enters the ship via the wood used to build it and may appear as a sh- ship's carpenter. The sea kobold's benevolent behavior lasts as long as the crew and captain treat the creature respectfully. A sea kobold will not leave its ship unless it's on the verge of sinking. Or other, or like, like, if it's trying to inflict harm upon the rest of the crew. Yeah, because they mocked it. I mean, at least that's that one is fucking helpful. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Um, on to the world of D&D, finally. <clears throat> so, Kobolds were first introduced in 1977 with the first edition Monster Manual. First edition. <laughs> <laughs> the first edition of the first edition Monster Manual. Yes. Of um, the first edition. Kobolds, are, upon introduction, are immediately lawful evil, three feet tall, they have four hit points, <laughs> they have an AC of six. Ooh. Which is bad. Which is bad. Which is bad. They do about one to six points of damage per hit, and they speak kobold, goblin, and orc. Okay. Uh, I mean, okay, they're weak, but... Is that... Well, okay, so... (laughs) I'm I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for the fuck you that's like, okay, but if you come within a 30-foot vicinity of them, you die. You just die. (laughs) You just die. Spoiler alert, you'll be waiting for that other shoe to drop. Oh, I am? Oh, boy. So, okay. So, you would say they're a minor threat. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, no, I gotta give you that one. Yeah. Damn it. And you know, the best part is it's a double pun, because they're real little like children. <sighs> Anyways, their society is very tribal, with war bands based on their surnames and clans. Gotcha. But the stronger tribes rule, weaker ones, etc., etc. Blah, blah, blah. Couples uh, are usually found in dark dank places such as dismal overgrown forests or subterranean cities. Mines. Mines. Um, 
they hate bright sunlight and are not able to see well in it. But Same. They, their night vision is excellent. Oh. And they have infrared vision, which operates up to 60 feet. If they are in bright sunlight, they do not fight as well and have a negative one from dietary significance. Oh. Uh, kobolds hate most of their life delighting in killing and torture. They particularly hate such creatures such as brownies, pixies, sprites, and gnomes. No. Uh, they continually war with the latter gnomes and will attack them on sight. Alright, no, yep. I can't I can't get down behind kobolds now. I'm sorry, Uh-oh. guys, I just can't. Well, nope. maybe maybe I'll win you back over. Mm. I I understand I'm do they become best friends with gnomes? Because if not, then probably not. You're fair. We lost Travis, but we, we have a, we have hope for the rest of you. All right. The hide of kobolds runs from very dark, rusty brown to a rusty black. They have no hair. And their eyes are reddish. With, and They have small horns that are tan to white. Hmm. Uh, they favor red or orange garb. And they live for about 135 years. Damn. They actually live a lot longer than I That's, thought. That is interesting. I thought that their lifespan was going to be like 30. They have that vibe of like mm-hmm. they are long, they live fast, die young. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Bad hey. kobolds do it well. <laughs> uh, their art is vaguely lizardy, but not quite yet. Um, with pointed ears and large snout. Oh, okay. Uh, kobolds come back again in second edition with the recent release of the Monstrous Manual in 1993. They are lawful evil still. Um, Again, three feet tall. They have one to four hit points. Their Thacko score is 20. <laughs> so, like, you literally can't miss. Like, I just a refresher for anyone listening to this. Thacko, you want it to be as close to zero or less than zero as possible. Bigger is worse. Bigger is bad. It's golf rules, y'all. Like, 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 I... 20 to me sounds like basically you have an AC of one in, like, fifth edition. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. You have to totally beat that role. Like, the... <sighs> um, I will explain in more detail later, but they are definitely a numbers kind of fighter. Yeah. Right, I, okay. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured, but... Uh, they do about one to six damage per hit. Uh, they are now more tribal, and they can appear on any land. They're omnivores. Yeah, no, okay. Okay. that makes sense. Again, they speak uh, Kobold, Orcish, and Goblin, and live 135 years. Hmm. Um, and this one actually gives more lore about kobolds. Uh, kobolds are cowardly, sadistic race of short humanoids that vigorously contest other races for living space and food. They especially dislike gnomes and attack them on sight. My poor gnomes. I'll protect you. I mean, given how weak they are, I don't think they need they you to. They probably don't need it, but I'm sure they appreciate uh, it. They appreciate is, the like, gesture. Pick one up and just swing in circles, and you'll just knock several of them away. Just Yep. Kobolds have scaly hides, mention of scales, finally. Yay! That range from dark, rusty brown to a rusty black. They smell of damp dogs and stagnant water, and their eyes glow like a bright red spark. They have two small horns ranging from tan to white. Right. Um, because of the kobolds' fondness for wearing raggedy garb of red and orange, their non-prehensile rat-like tails and their language, which sounds like a small dog yapping, uh, these fell creatures are often not taken seriously. I wonder why. This can be a fatal mistake. For what they lack in size and strength, they make up for in ferocity and tenacity. 
And numbers. And, <laughs> and numbers. Evidently. Sheer numbers. Just cast fireball. Uh, Kobold approaches oh, no. combat uses overwhelming odds for trickery. Kobolds will attack gnomes on sight, but will think twice about attacking humans, elves, or dwarves unless these kobolds outnumber them by at least two to one. Uh, they often hurl javelins and spears, preferring not to close until they see their enemies weakened. Uh, kobolds attack in overwhelming waves. Should the kobolds be reduced to only a three to two ratio in their favor, they must make a morale check. Uh, kobolds are wary of spellcasters and will aim for them when possible. They are also they also enjoy setting up concealed pits and throw spikes, crossbows, and other traps. That tracks, yeah. Mm-hmm. They usually have viewports and murder holes near these traps so that they can pour flaming oil, missile weapons, or drop poisonous insects on their victims. Nice. Murder the holes. worst version of the glory hole. <laughs> or I guess that is the glory hole to a kobold. Yeah. I uh, don't Google that. Don't Google glory hole. Don't do it. No, nope, or do if you're into that. You know, kobolds uh, live in dark, damp places underground in an overgrown forest. No, I think they live to in dark, dank places. Listen, <laughs> uh, they can be found in almost any climate. Nice. As kobolds are good miners, any area with potential for mining is fair game. A kobold tribe has forty to four hundred adult males, twenty to two hundred adult females. Four to forty young and thirty to three hundred eggs. Eggs? Yeah, they're they're, they're reptilian. Egg. I just I still like wasn't picturing them to lay eggs though. Well, well, um, I don't know why, but my brain just was not picturing, even though they're reptilian, that there would be eggs. I don't know. I thought maybe they were going to be kind of the odd ones that, like, yeah, they're reptilian, but they still give birth to live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're they're in, in the real world. Also, there is the odd. Viviparous um, reptile. Uh, yeah. Even, yeah. I mean, even in examples where it's like, it's just like this one random species of like snake. And it's like, what? What? What are you doing? Why? Why? Why though? Um, their society is tribal, but they can be further broken up into four bands based on specific clans. Many as 10 families can be a part of a clan, and each clan is responsible for controlling the area in a 10 mile radius from the lair. Kobolds recover treasure from the bodies. Their victims and often carry them back as to their lair as food. In some instances, kobolds will not kill their victims, but will sell them as slaves. Um, Lovely. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Are incredibly distrustful of strangers. They hate brownies, pixies, rice, and gnomes, and gnomes are never easily overtaken by certain prisoners. (laughs) They're just killed and left for dead. Yeah. They're too. They're too. It is suggested that kobolds are so cool because they are easy prey for larger humanoids and hungry monsters. Uh, they have many enemies, and even the dwarves have to admit that the numerous kobold goblin dwarves have kept the number of goblins down to a single level. So, okay. Hmm. I mean, okay. They help control the population. Help uh, control the pet population. Have your kobolds spayed or neutered. Oh. Huh. Or uh, the goblin population, as it were. The second yeah. edition also introduces the Erds, which are distant relatives of the Kobolds. Uh, these creatures are mentioned once in second edition, once in fifth edition, and no other times. Huh. So, not a very popular. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, they are also three feet tall. Um, they're neutral evil. They have an HP of two to five. 
Their Thacko is 15 to 19. Oh, man. They're more clan-oriented, and they live in more temperate and tropical hills and mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are more rare than tropicals. Hmm. Um, they're three feet tall with short ivory horns. Their bodies are frail and covered with mottled yellow to brick red scales. They have leathery bat-like wings, which span eight feet. Mm-hmm. Birds have a 60-foot improvision and prefer to hunt at night, dropping jagged stones about two to three pounds each in the air. The suspected victims are AC-10 for the attack roll. Actively dodging opponents are considered AC-2 before modifications such as dexterity. Rocks cause 2d4 points of damage. Some Erds carry light spears, which do 1d4 damage. Hmm. Uh, a band of 20 Erds is accompanied by a sub-chieftain, and Erd flocks of 100 or more include a chieftain. Erd layers contain 1d6 shamans, and you have the ability to speak with bats as per speaking animals. Yeah. Nice. Bats. I mean, with the Erds, not the kobolds. <laughs> Erd lifespans can exceed 100 years, but they rarely live that. <laughs> oh, okay, no. That's what I was expecting for the kobolds. Yeah. Okay. Kobolds once again return in third edition with the Monster Manual 1 and, and 3.5 with Monster Manual 3 and 3.5. 2000 and 2001, respectively. And I'm going to guess, like, pretty much every other entry in 3.5, it's just a simple copy paste mostly. Very few changes between the two. Yeah. What, what it yeah. is is mostly grammatical change, changes and fixes. Um, they're usually lawful evil. Uh, they have 1d8 HP, AC of 15. Which is still not great. But better. But better. Better, better than Thacko 20. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, They can attack with the spear, which is 1d6 minus 1, and they get three attacks with it. <laughs> minus 1. Rest of spaghetti. Attack with a sling, which is 1d3. Okay. Um. Uh, they live in temperate forests, and damage they're about damage. two to two and a half feet tall, oh, and so weigh thirty-five to forty-five pounds. Wow, they are little. They shrunk. Uh, they're so small. Kobolds are short reptilian humanoids with cowardly and sadistic tendencies. Uh, <laughs> they have a scaly hide, a naked tail like that of a rat, and a dog-like head with two small horns. I love how they say scaly and then naked. Yeah, like like the tail is naked. But right, like it's scaly. It, yeah, yeah, it's a very odd imagery. It is. I imagine it's actually still scales, but it's those really fine scales that almost look like skin. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, like it, like a, like a sneak. Yeah, like a very yeah. yeah. Um, I gotcha. The cobalt scaly skin ranges from rusty, dark rusty brown to rusty black color. Same, same. Wow, glowing mm-hmm. red eyes. Changed. Um. Tails non-prehensile, ragged clothing favoring red and orange. It's very much hmm. like checking stuff off the list. Yeah. Um, kobolds usually consume plants or animals, but are not averse to eating intelligent beings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, There's, they spend most of their time fortifying the land, their lairs, around their lairs, with traps and warning devices such as spiked pits, trip wires attached to crossbows, and other mechanical contraptions. See, I love pretty much any like race that sets up little traps like that though. I yeah. just love the mm-hmm. I, I love traps. Traps mm-hmm. are just fun. I'm going to use 
over. I don't know. They still hate gnomes. <laughs> and I'm I was just saying, on that side. Find find the DM. Traps are fun. Yeah. <laughs> find the DM. Kobolds hate almost every other sort of of humanoid or fae, especially gnomes and sprites. Kobolds speak draconic with a voice that sounds like that of a yapping dog. Okay, Lewin has entered the chat. Like with draconic. Draconic in my mind, and then mixed with the sound of a yapping dog is... Hysterical? Hysterical, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kobolds still prefer to attack with overwhelming odds, except for gnomes who they will attack on site if numbers are equal, and utilize traps and surprises to overwhelm the opponent. Kobolds still live in dark places, usually underground. They are good miners and often live in the mines that they are developing. A kobold tribe sends out warbands that patrol within a 10-mile radius from the lair, attacking any intelligent creatures that enter their territory. Uh, same thing, usually kill prisoners for food, sometimes sell them as slaves. Uh, except for gnomes, I assume. Except for gnomes, I assume. Uh, <laughs> they have many enemies. Um, they usually have one non-combatant child and one egg per ten adults now. Hmm. Uh, I love how they specify non. Non-combatant. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just not old enough to be Yet. <laughs> yeah. The patron deity of the kobolds is Kirtlemac. 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 Kirtlemac and cheese. All living creatures except kobolds. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, at this point, I have to talk about the supplement that I'm sure everyone who's been waiting for this kobold episode has been excited about. Oh, I love uh, those. Yeah. After we take a quick break, it's your own dang fault for doing the curdled mac and cheese. I'm not sorry. You should be. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our episode on kobolds. Those filthy, filthy creatures. I love them. They're wonderful. I mean, they're starting to, they're starting to weigh on me a little bit. I kind of like them. Um, hopefully the audio is going well. We're actually still unsure. Um. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully this all goes well. If not, just. Tell us in the Discord that we suck, and we'll try to fix that. We're, we're working on it. Um, also, because due to time constraints, uh, Lewin is not present for this ad break. Correct. On that note, let's move along quickly. We still have our affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games. You can get dice, metallic or otherwise, dice accessories. Dice trays. I believe there's a foldable dice tower, too. Yeah. They got some really cool things on there. You can use offer code DUNGEONPEDIA for 10% off your entire order at metallicdicegames.com and of course we always have our Patreon if you would like to support us directly and that's just Dungeonpedia we have still just the one tier actually and then we're still workshopping other tiers our lives are kind of hectic at the moment and so. we, we have basically we have the ideas the beginnings framed out and we're going to get started on those soon yes um, we do have our Discord, as mentioned before. It's still pinned to the top of our Twitter. If you haven't joined it yet, please come join us. It's a lot of fun, a lot of memes, a lot of D&D, a lot of pictures of animals. Yeah, big bunch of animal lovers. Like, really, if nothing else, come for the animals. It's great. It's great. On top of that, while you're there, you can go ahead and follow us on our Twitter and Instagram, if you wish. Those are both just at Dungeonpedia. You can email us any suggestions or comments or what have you at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to get notifications when we go live. And on some of those apps, there are 
there's the option to rate and review. If you can do that, we would really tremendously appreciate it. It just helps us stand out a little bit in various algorithms. It does. It would be great. But more than that, if you can continue to just help us spread the word, continue to tell tell your nerdy friends, hey, do you want to know about this thing but don't really want to read about it? Have I got the, the thing for you? Instead of hours of reading, it's an hour or so of research. Or, blah, an hour or so of listening. <laughs> it's more than an hour or so of research for Yeah, us. it is. And, uh, of course, as always, a very big thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. And with all that, I think we're just going to jump right back into the podcast. Yeah, you kind of left us on a cliffhanger there. So, uh, let's go. All right. All right. Give it. Give it to me. You have kept our listeners waiting long enough, I think. Yes. In 3.5 edition, uh, Races of the Dragon. Ah, yes. (laughs) Yes. I know we've talked about the supplement before, but the premise is pretty straightforward. It aims to get more detail on the lore of dragon blood races. If I'm not mistaken, this is actually the first mention of kobolds being dragon-blooded, while previously they were just referred to as reptilian or lizard-like. Yeah, yeah, we haven't come across them being, like, dragon-blooded or, at all. Or that association in the third edition Monster Manual where they speak draconic. Yeah. Like, that's an association, but they're also not, like, explicitly... Right. Like... Listed. Uh, yeah, like, associated with dragons in that way. Yeah. Um, the opening chapter... Glowing review of the reptiles community. Uh, while they're malicious, they're also very hardworking and dutiful, meticulous miners with sorcery and their blood. It then immediately goes into a story written from the perspective of a female kobold and her four male comrades as they travel above ground, riding off gnomes with sneaky traps and escorting her dragon raw egg to a sacred mine. Aww. It's really quite lovely, actually. That's nice. Alright, I mean, fine. I'll give him a pass on that one. That sounds like it'd be a fun read. Kobolds once more have scaly skin, ranging in color, blah, blah, blah. They have strong teeth. Um, their face is described as that of a crocodile's now. Ooh! Uh, with a jaw that can open wide enough to hold a whole melon. Jesus! <laughs> uh, they're constantly alert and wide-eyed. Uh, and their eyes range in color from burnt ochre to red. Uh, they have a ridge of small, horn-like Bone juts above each brow that sweeps backwards. Oh, they're like, our, like. they're like Argonians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as soon as you said, that's actually kind of what I was thinking was because you like how male Argonians have the little. Well, I think they, no, you can have those on females too, but yeah, yeah they have the, the like, like ridge kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's kind of a vibe. Um, once hatched, kobolds mature at breakneck speed using the same life cycle as dragons, but only living one tenth as long. Um that end. I mean, if I'm correct, that's not unimpressive. It like is that's not. that's not terrible. Because dragons live for a really fucking long time. Um so wormling all the way to great worm. Um basically great worms are 121 years or older for kobolds. Yeah, that's not that's very impressive. Yeah. Also, I'm. It's that's so funny to me that they essentially like they have the same age categories because it's like great worm, and then it's a kobold. and then it's Mushu. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> I am the great stone dragon, and he's like, yes, fucking like oh three God. feet tall. I love yes. Mushu so much. Um, but <laughs> they actually reach like maturity at age six. 
Damn, so yeah, they really grow like super fast. They grow super fast, but then they also live for a long time, which is fun. They grow super fast and then they stop. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, one tip as long as dragons. Yeah. Uh, By the time a kobold reaches the age of eight or nine, um, on average, she is mentally and physically able to assist her tribe in any capacity. So, like, six is like 18, eight or nine would be like 21, 25. You can legally rent. <laughs> this just in like you an can eight- legally rent a car. car. <laughs> an eight-year-old kobold can rent a car. Yay! Um, kobolds have close biological ties to dragons. Mm-hmm. The most important difference between the two, however, is that kobolds are cold-blooded and dragons are warm-blooded. I mean, I think that there are also other important biological differences. Like, Listen, um, yeah. I'm just reading out of the supplement. Okay. Like- Flying is one of them. Um, like the 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 quadrupedal or the bipedal. Um, Cobalt size are only able to generate their own internal body heat from taking in food and engaging in activity. Uh, they desperately depend on their environment for warmth, which is one of the reasons why they live underground. Isn't underground colder? No, no, that's where snakes uh, hibernate. Yeah, because um, I always thought the further you went underground, the colder it got. No, you get closer to the uh, the core, core of, the, of earth. the earth. And also, like, that's why bridges ice before roads is because... It's further away from the heat of the earth. Yeah, because right. the, the ground... That one makes sense to me. I just, Because it, like, it, it takes... It, like, the ground holds in the hot better. I I sound very intelligent. The ground hold in the hot <laughs> better, okay? Yes, of course. <laughs> ground hotter than air. <laughs> Come to Nintendopedia for all of your thermodynamics uh, facts. Yay. Uh, warm temperatures are comfortable to kobolds, naturally. The downside is that kobolds feel the cold more profoundly. Uh, sudden chilling temperatures, such as being stuck by, struck by a cone of cold spell, do not affect kobolds more than noble, normal, but prolonged cold increases their need for sustenance so that they can generate their own warmth. Same. Uh, <laughs> uh, kobolds can eat a variety of foodstuffs, include... Uh, Drawing nutrition from a broad omnivorous diet. Uh, evil kobolds have no scruples when it comes to eating, even considering other intelligent creatures as options for the stew pot. Yay. Nice. Human stew. Um, kobolds who are desperate for food can metabolize many forms of organic matter, including bark, bones, dirt, leather, and shells. Hmm. Okay. Whoa. Um, I mean, sometimes you just gotta go outside and eat some dirt. Uh, as reptiles, kobolds are hatched from hard-shelled eggs. Once a female kobold has been fertilized, she lays one egg within two weeks with a 10% chance of laying two eggs. The egg must be incubated for 60 days, after which time it hatches into a kobold wormling that is able to walk and feed after only a few hours. Good lord. Dang, yeah, I mean, they are. much like, I mean, turtles, Yeah, they are, they are very efficient. Yeah. They're like, they hatch, they're ready to go. Crocodiles. I love the, like, major difference in time, though. Like, the egg is laid within two weeks, but then it has to be incubated for 60 days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, On rare occasions, a kobold female lays what kobolds call call a dragon rot egg. Uh Uh-oh. These eggs are spotted. Dragon rot. Like, um, iron rot. Right, okay. Oh, I thought you meant, like, the, the plague bringer. Oh, no. Uh, these eggs are... Man, remember Flight Rising, guys? Holy shit. Sorry, back on topic. <laughs> these eggs are spotted with the color of whichever true dragon influences the 
dragon rot cobalt then, uh, with such models increasing in number and size as the worldling embryo grows. Uh, cobalt embryos are resilient and not easily disturbed when moved or transported. A cobalt embryo rarely expires unless its egg is broken or the final 15 days of incubation. A uh, cobalt embryo inside an egg that is broken after that time suffers no ill effects, although the wormling may take a little bit longer to reach full maturity. Dragon rot is a um, basically a feat in 3.5 that cobalt specifically can take. Um, nice. Uh, so reading from the benefits, uh, you are a dragon rot cobalt. Your type is dragon rather than humanoid, and you lose the dragon blood subtype. You retain all other subtypes of your cobalt racial traits. Your scales become tinted with a color that matches that of your draconic heritage. As a dragon, you are immune to magic sleep and paralysis effects. You have dark vision. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Dragon stuff, dragon stuff. <laughs> Extraordinary Trapsmith. Dragon you are an stuff. expert at constructing mechanical traps. Nice. Okay, you're getting, I think you're, you're, you're getting Travis a little bit more. It's that damn side, man. I he's, he's, he's approaching the carrot with the very obvious laundry basket propped up over it. Um, heavyweight wings. Your superior strength allows you to fly while heavily burdened. Also, they have wings. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna skip past Oh, yeah, that. I mean, they that's have it. wings? It's implied. Is it? Is yeah. it the dragon rot? Oh, I, Subtype specifically? Uh, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. I, was, I was being dramatic, don't worry. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, you have draconic wings that grant you the uh, ability to Okay, that's pretty cool, though. Okay, yeah, yeah like... Like, that's that's pretty badass. You can uh, channel breath, like a breath weapon. Nice. Okay, see, I was going to make a comment earlier about how they also don't have breath weapons, but... And then dragon rods, too. Dragon rods, too. Psych. Uh, you can apply draconic grass to other living creatures or yourself. Okay. So, you... Wait, is that where you can, like, slowly turn them into a dragon? Um, crafting is essentially an alternative uh, method of item creation. Um, basically, dragon basically give you dragon-like features, like dragon bone legs, gleaming scales, a glaring eye, a frightful crest, a smashing tail, a taloned arm, metabolic fire, resilient scales, and buffeting wings, which are, of course, the most expensive. Naturally. Uh, Screw that. Give me the gleaming eye. Okay. I don't know. That just sounds cool. I want that one. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. And that. Um, and that. Add I, to cart. So the uh, dragon rot cobalts, by the way, are sacred. Like, they're considered a blessing that will bring good, like, good fortune to cobalt. The community, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah, they are pretty rare. Yeah. So. Uh, cobalts are pragmatic about a lot of things, especially mm-hmm. fashion. They dress appropriately for the occasion, which includes finery for special celebrations and ceremonies. Oh. Uh, most kobolds spend all their time mining, however, and working kobolds wear work clothing. Good for them. <laughs> you know what? Good. I'm just imagining them in like a little pair of overalls, you know? I mean, that works. Like uh, yellow safety vest. But they don't usually yeah. have access to resources like cotton, but they readily harvest silk from underground spiders, worms, and other insect larvae. Ooh. Uh, along with silk, Leather sees widespread use. That's like, a fun contrast. Yeah. Like, yeah, really. the kobolds with their their general aesthetic, but, like, a lot of their, like, cloth is mm-hmm. silk. That's yeah. interesting. I like that. Silk and then leather. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, as a minor, the typical kobold dresses for freedom of movement, which usually takes the form of a sleeveless leather tunic with breeches that stop above the knee. Uh, the consistent temperatures found underground in underground environments mean that the kobolds don't usually have to consider dressing for warmth. Right, yeah. Footwear does not exist in kobold society. Nice. The idea of wearing footwear has never occurred to kobolds, not even for comfort. They got they. So, what if just somehow you manage to not get immediately attacked by kobolds and you talk to them and introduce them to shoes? Kobolds rely heavily on their double jointed legs for articulated feet and articulated feet to maintain their speed and balance. Man, they're so gonna. Flip-flops. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have you ever been in flip flops? They are not built for speed. Yes, I hate them. <laughs> Man, uh, they're going to be in trouble when they start posting content on the internet and their feet are just out and about for everyone to see. Oh Crocs. <laughs> Why did I even talk about this? Because um, <laughs> Anyways, well-dressed kobolds enjoy making bold statements, so popular colors include dark reds and fiery oranges to accent one's eyes. Such pigments are easy for kobolds to acquire. From the earth. From the earth. Uh, due to the prolific mining of the typical kobold tribe, um, those kobolds able to afford it favor metal and gem encrusted adornments. Nice. While they are usually sensible with their cut of their garments, kobolds love jewelry and ornamentation. Uh, both sexes wear all sorts of jewelry, including tail rings. Nice. If I had a tail, I'd so have a tail ring. I, you know what? I wish people had tails. Moving on. <laughs> I was robbed. Uh, warriors don symbolic metal armor, such as bracers, de- decorative gorgets, and greaves. When it comes to real armor, kobold warriors generally prefer leather, avoiding anything that might slow them down. Right. Uh, as a substitute for metal armor, some kobolds have been known to wear armor made of the shells of giant beetles. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. That, that would be cool. Uh, and, like, the colors of giant beetles. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. a pretty iridescent kind of... Yeah. Mining is a dirty profession, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. being grimy is part of the mining life, but kobolds are far from uncivilized when it comes to hygiene. Uh, as reptilian humanoids, kobolds shed their skins like other reptiles do. Nice. Um, I wish humans should. It's not a simple procedure like snakes, though. Um, adult kobolds shed their skin in patches. Uh, oh. This process takes up to a week if allowed to transpire naturally, but kobolds usually accelerate the shedding by scrubbing the old skin from their bodies. Huh. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, Growing kobolds shed yeah. their skin at intervals ranging from once a week to once a month. Uh, adult, adult kobolds shed their skin about once a season. Um, many adults use a bottle for, replen- uh, for replenishing oil made from a plant called bitter leaf to strengthen their scales and keep them shiny. Nice. I really did not expect them to actually have hygiene, like, at all. Period. Uh, between shedding cycles, kobolds are quick to take advantage of the natural stink that springs covered in their excavations. Swimming is one of their favorite pastimes. Aw, that's cute. Dude, same. Uh, although kobolds don't usually construct public baths, all kobolds gather at pools to bathe and socialize. Kobolds are meticulous about their teeth and claws. A flat stone is in every kobold dwelling, which serves as a tool for polishing claws. Kobolds chew roots and bones to strengthen their gums and clean the surface. Okay. So, right. you know, I feel like kobolds officially have better hygiene than <clears throat> some people. Uh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, kobolds have their own culture and set of deeply introspective traditions. 
Uh, to generalize, Kobolds as xenophobic is misleading. They are perfe- perfectly happy to be overlooked by others and have having disdain for other races and preferring to conduct their activities in secret. Um, being consistently underestimated is seen as a gift, one that they have taken advantage of for countless generations. You know what? Honestly, if it works, it works. Yeah, yeah. I can't blame them on that one at all. Uh, the intimate thoughts of a kobold probably surprise most other non-kobolds. Intimate, you say? Kobolds live in an undeviating state, state of contentment, despite any setbacks experienced by their tribe. It's kind of strange for others to imagine that such weak creatures can lead such fulfilling lives. <laughs> this is directly quoted from the book, by the way, not me. Until you consider one lingering piece of knowledge that kobolds have never overlooked. They are akin to dragons. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if I was fucking kin to dragon, I would, yeah, I'd be pretty happy about that. Yeah, I'd just be like, yeah, whatever, I don't give a shit. Uh, the origin of this connection is unclear, based heavily in folklore and myth, but the relationship is undeniable. The two races are related. Uh, being completely certain of their heritage gives kobolds a confidence that is neither troubled by self-doubt nor arrogantly expressed. It affords individual kobolds great comfort to think that no matter what happens to them, the dragon can never be taken from their blood. Common saying among kobolds is the dragon scales toughen our skin, the dragon bone adorns our skull, the dragon flames, the dragon heart flames our sorcery. We are the dragon, and for the dragon we live, long live the dragon. Huh. Damn. They So they're they're essentially they also have a little bit of that kind of psychological profile of a dragon. Yes. But less arrogant yes. and full of themselves. And so just more angry. Angry so, at other races, I specifically. Yeah. So, like, hmm. So, like, objectively, a a, a a a dragon that is more used to and takes advantage of being underestimated as opposed to underestimates everybody else. Yes. <laughs> um, nice. Their draconic heritage invigorates their culture with indomitable will to endure anything. Uh, while kobolds do not have the benefit of longevity that dragons do, they do understand what it means to take the long view. Their individual lives may be fleeting, but the impact of their presence in the world is widely felt. A powerful self-sacrificing instinct rules kobolds whenever their tribe is in danger. Um, they will readily it, struggle against impossible odds or unconquerable foes simply to buy time or coordinate a different, the needs of the tribe outweigh the continued existence of one individual kobold. This is not to say that kobolds needlessly throw their lives away. They value their lives no less than any other creature. Um, kobolds are intimately aware of both their shortcomings and their strengths. Small and weak, they are. They use numbers to aid in bringing down a larger foe. They employ their speed to defied enemies, setting up flanking maneuvers, and creating hit-and-run assaults. Jesus. Nice. I mean... Hit-and-runs are illegal, guys. They're clever and inventive. I think all of this is illegal. Um, <laughs> probably they safeguard their homes with truly ingenious traps using tight spaces and passages through which only creatures of their size can easily travel if, if all seems lost kobolds are ready to throw themselves bravely at an enemy hoping beyond hope to stop it Aww. Uh, damn they are selfless in, even in everyday life the expansion of the tribe is more important than personal con- accomplishments and any personal accomplishment should advance the tribe uh, success of the tribe is personal success. Uh, so kobolds, sh- uh, basically, all this to say, kobolds shamelessly reproduce. Impersonal mating is commonplace, with females choosing mates by practical measures instead of 
influences such as love or lust. While kobolds do form bonding relationships, the idea of a sexual monogamy is alien to them. Kobolds desire to, to spread their kind everywhere, and the inability of one born to contain a tribe's population is celebrated. Part of the old tribe breaks off to expand into a new territory. Huh. Interesting. Frequent overcrowding in their lairs has permanently erased the concept of privacy from their lives. <laughs> <laughs> no, God. So they just have no privacy. Yeah. You're just yeah. you're just walking down the street and just people just porking on the, on the porking in the in the oh, little Jesus. in the little kobold park. But they have parks probably. Uh, sleeping quarters are shared. Children have the least privacy. Shock. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of privacy has also resulted in the absence of modesty. Um, kobolds are not self-conscious about nudity. Regardless of sex, they still wear clothing for protection and decoration, but clothing is not seen as essential. No. Hmm. I wonder what they got going on down there to not be covered up by clothing. Probably like a Chloe gaff, I had to guess. Probably. Um, when uh, They also don't hide their feelings. Uh, instead, quarreling openly when they need to. Uh, when emotions run high, kobolds express themselves immediately and without holding back. Uh, hmm. They rarely, these fights rarely turn lethal because the proximity of other kobolds prevents such interactions from turning creepy. Right, In yeah. this way, all problems are dealt with before they can fester and grow. I mean, shit, that's better than the humans. Yeah, that's yeah. better than how a lot of humans do it, yeah. Uh, kobolds aren't as forgiving as other races. They have long memories and are not quick to pardon. Nurturing hatred like a favorite child groomed for a specific purpose. <laughs> Most kobolds wait until their enemy has been brought low by circumstance, or better still, by clandestine kobold interference before de- delivering a decisive and premeditated reprisal. <laughs> In short, kobolds love revenge. They're nice. petty and they love revenge. Okay, I can get on their level. Yeah. You'll have to, like, probably sit on the floor, maybe, to get on their level. Well, that's fine. Okay. Kobolds have no time for organized religious ceremonies. But they are pious despite their preoccupation with work. Same. Hard work is worship to a kobold, and action on behalf of the tribe is prayer for success. Still, every kobold there includes one or two temples to Turtleneck. Limited <laughs> only by spatial confines and mining priorities. Uh, these temples serve as housing for clerics and adepts and as storage spaces for the tribe's important treasures, uh, not as congregating halls or ceremonies of worship. Uh, clergy must travel to the flock and clerics over sea workers and provide support and admonishment to keep going. In this way, religion helps maintain productivity. Priests help hmm. kobolds affirm their devotion through living by the ideals of hard work and sacrifice. Hmm. Hmm. Religion being used to uh, increase productivity. This is, it's interesting because that's never uh, happened or continues to happen on uh, human Earth at all. Never. Also the opposite. Yeah, true. It's used to stop productivity. Yeah, turns true. Out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing anyways, that doesn't happen. Colonel <laughs> uh, Mac is the god of the kobolds, uh, distinguished by his large size, mottled scales, and long tail tipped with a dreadful stinger. Ooh. What the hell? This dude is part scorpion? <laughs> they don't worry they're, about it. They're gods. They can be whatever they want. You know what? Fair. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Mac encourages his followers to win battles by any means, retreat to fight another day, and mete out revenge on every enemy, regardless of how long that retribution takes to achieve. <laughs> Colonel Mac has hated gnomes 
ever since Carl Glittergold pops to mine on. Okay. <laughs> That's what it was. That, okay. That is okay. literally what it was. That, okay. That. I mean, that would, I will say, that would be a valid reason to not like somebody. Holding a grudge for a very long time. I And, I mean, that's within their nature, so. You know what? At least what? now we know where the coals get it from. Fair enough. Um, I, yeah. So, was it an accident, though? Okay, no, tra- Travis, I think it was an accident. <laughs> we all love Garl uh, Glitter Gold, but But, I'm pretty sure it was probably an... I mean, you're It was probably, probably just a prank, bro. <laughs> Just a prank, bro. Just a prank, bro. You collapsed a mine on me. Just a prank, bro. I should mention, by the way, that the holy symbol of Turtleneck is a gnome skull with a pike through it. Oh my god. Uh, Girl Glitter Gold over here, like, why are you so obsessed with me? So, okay. (laughs) You can make a religion out of this. Poor Colonel Mac. Oh. I mean, poor in this Kurt. case, yeah, yeah. kind of poor Colonel Mac. He had a mind collapsed in on him. That I mean, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, he's a god though. So Gnomes are not perfect. They're not. I mean, but he's a god, so it was probably just a minor inconvenience. God, I know. I used to say gentiles. I'm sorry. Okay, so while Colonel Mac is reported to be a mortal ascended to divinity, couples credit Io, the ninefold dragon, for their creation. It is told that when Io first created true dragons, they were originally immortal gods, less powerful than Io, but much like him. Mm -hmm. To make each of his creations distinct, Io gave each a different aspect of his personality. These divine dragons rarely got along, pursuing only one one goal in common, the acquisition of material wealth. Big mood. The true dragons quickly realized they lacked the power to manipulate creation in all ways necessary to, to accomplish their goals, and they petitioned Io for aid. Io, being an impartial god, would not play favorites with his creations and gave each dragon the same choice. He taught them how to create life by giving up a piece of themselves, but he warned that in doing so, they would permanently be rendered mortal and eventually die. The life they created, however, would serve their desires without fail. Perhaps not yet wise enough to appreciate their divine existence, Dragons accepted the knowledge Io offered and departed for the world below. They took up in widely separate lands. There, the true dragons did as Io instructed, each severing a single limb. Not only did each limb start growing back immediately, the severed part also grew into an adult dragon. The original true dragons thereby gained mates. Furthermore, wherever the dragon's blood had spilled, little creatures began to emerge out of the ground with alert crimson eyes, already looking up at the creators for guidance. Thus were kobolds born during which the immortality of the true dragon slipped away. Hmm. Interesting, because if I recall correctly, um, the blood droplets forming mm-hmm. like new life is also part of Io's uh, history. It was one of the many beliefs that dragons had for being created. Yeah, and also, like, I mean, there's aspects of that that have to do with, I mean, like, I think maybe Dragonborn as well, and also, like, the fucking bazillion myths about the creation the of Tiamat and Bahamut. legend goes fucking deep. Yeah, it does. Um, also, quick legend about um, 
I want to stay forever in the supplement, but we don't have time for that. Um, one more quick legend before we move on to the fourth and fifth edition. Um, but this is the Ascension of Criddlemack. And the most venerated Cobalt legend is the origin and Ascension of Criddlemack. While the particulars of the story vary from tribe to tribe, a popular version is related below. When Io gave the secret of creation to the true dragons, the first dragon to put the ritual in place was Kisinja. Kisinjash. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. A green dragon. The first kobold to take the form out of her blood was Kirtlemack. From the beginning, Kirtlemack was much larger than any of his kin. For this reason, Kisinjash was always commanded, or always commanded her kobold group Kirtlemack. As a result, the towering kobold naturally ascended to a position of leadership. When Kisinjash told the kobolds to mine for precious metals, Kirtlemack invented the pickaxe. When Kisinjash told the kobolds to tile her lair with gold, Kirtlemack minted the first draconic coin. When Kisinjash told the kobolds to mine precious stones, Kirtlemack taught himself sorcery and learned ha- how to divine where minerals were located. Hmm. When Kisinjash's lair was, say that five times fast. Kisinjash? When Kinsinjash's lair was finally completed, laden with platinum, filled with gold, and gleaming with gemstones, she had become the wealthiest true dragon in creation. Without further need for mortal servants, she released the kobolds from their duties to embrace their own destiny. In emulation of his former mistress, Kirtlemack immediately began mining a lair of his own. Although he never asked for any help in this endeavor, he nonetheless received it, assisted by every kobold he had worked beside for the past several decades. Kirtlemack found a spot in the ground near a limitless supply of metal ore and precious stones were waiting to be mined. Once properly unearthed, a discovery of this size could sustain kobolds for millennia and serve as the foundations for their society. With Kirtlemack commanding the operation, it quickly became the most structurally sound, resourcefully designed mine the world had ever seen. Kirtlemack called it Jarstrix Hurthy. Sure. Um, Yep. That's a name. A fortress fit for dragons. Nothing rivaled it. Garl Glittergold was not pleased. Oh, no. He looked upon Darastrix Hearthy and beheld the marvel Kirtlemack and his followers had created, surpassing any achievement his own people had mastered in the same time. (gasps) While gnomes were playing useless games, kobolds had been busy working and were now fit to emerge as one of the most dominant races in creation. And so, with a casual wave of his hand, Girl collapsed Kirtlemack's mind, crushing all the kobolds inside. Okay, so th- that was that was kind of, that was kind of fucked up. Okay, yeah, that was that was a little fucked up. That I, was not very nice. I do not condone the actions of glitter gold here. <laughs> but <laughs> as the uh, speaker of the gnome race, I do not condone these actions. <laughs> um. The gods were appalled and demanded an explanation from Garl, who could only sputter out that his actions were intended as a joke. <laughs> oh my god. As if that could somehow excuse the heartless massacre he had committed. It was just a prank, bro. Garl had acted out of spite and even more degrading for the gnome god jealousy over mortal accomplishment. And yet, regardless of all the berating Garl received from his equals, not one deity came forward to reverse the damage done, leaving the crime unpunished. Then Io moved on behalf of Mac. Once the ninefold dragon realized that no god would champion the co- kobolds, he searched through the souls of 
those who died until he found Colonel Mac's broken body still clinging to life. Even buried so, under so much rock, Colonel Mac wouldn't give up on his people, refusing to let go of his mortal form until he could find the strength to take them all out. Ah. Io gave Colonel Mac a choice. He would either empower Colonel Mac to make the strength with the strength to rebuild the mine, or he would make the mighty kobold a champion of his people for all eternity. In this latter case, the, la- the loss of Darastrix Hurthy would remain. The memory of what happened would endure in the minds of kobolds forever, ensuring that atrocities of this magnitude would never be overlooked again. I'm guessing he chose the latter. Yep. Wow. That um, was a... Okay, this guy kind of fucks. The, that, that was... Wow. Yeah, no, I... Wow, I, I that, wasn't, that wasn't... That was not... Well, I mean, the, 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 the massacre part wasn't nice. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. I, yeah, no, I got, nice. I got nothing. That that caught me off guard. All right, well. Okay, so I'm about to ruin all that. Sorry. Oh, no. In fourth edition, kobolds return in the fourth edition monster manual release in 2008. Fourth edition reduces kobolds back to cowardly and malicious monsters, who are all evil. These being common and draconic and are merely distinguished between different types of fighting abilities. Kobolds dwell near dragon lairs and worship them as gods. What the fuck? Okay. Seriously, that's just about it. That's I'm I'm almost oh done describing fourth edition. Wizards, please, can you tell me what the fuck you were thinking? Uh, so you have the kobold minion who fight best in packs and play together. Blah, 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 then there's the skirmisher blah, 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 who gang blah, 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 up and mob, mob attack. Blah, 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 blah. And retreat when the fight turns against them, though occasionally luring their pursuers blah. into traps. Occasionally. Yeah. Okay. Here's a here's a funny here's a funny gag. Let's just like replace all of our talking in fourth edition with the parent sound wah, from wah, wah, yeah, wah, with the parent wah. sound from um, Snoopy. Thank you. I only from Snoopy. Snoopy. <laughs> That's literally. Listen, I'm biased. Okay, Venus, but like Charlie Brown. Yeah. Which one you want to go with? It's no. Snoopy. <laughs> no, it's Snoopy. The, with the, the dog that does not talk. The Snoopy show. Yeah. Um. Anyways, no, unfortunately, I have to say. Kobold's lingers are just ranged attackers <laughs> who use slingshots. <laughs> Kobold dragon shields are the tanks, and worm priests are just magic wielders whose powers are inspired by the dragon they revere. It's all very boring and a serious step backward from the beautiful massive supplement we just had. Fuck off. I hate it. Also, are they, are they, do they only worship evil dragons? What if some of them worship Bahamut or somebody? No, they worship normal dragons. Okay. Like, fair enough. Just any dragon. Right. Any dragon they happen to come across. Yeah. I mean, same. (laughs) But also, fuck off. Well, what if they worship a gold dragon or a silver dragon or something? I mean, yeah. they're still evil, but they're just going to worship that dragon. <laughs> that that dragon in question is like is like um uh when gods are like like a Sarek, for example, are like, can you can you not like yeah? Can you just like not? Please? I really don't need this right now. Like my life is hard enough. Right. Like I, I I'm a gold dragon out here. I'm just a gold dragon out here living my life. Trying to trying to get into Bahamut's uh, sexy polypile. Like I'm just living my life here. I don't need you guys worshiping me. So, a fifth edition brings the kobolds back in the fifth edition monster manual released in 2014, and then again in Bola's Guide to Monsters in 2016. Nice. Um, kobolds are I'm basically 
I'm really not going to read much from fifth edition because fifth edition really just kind of goes back and reset. Like if I wanted to make this a 10 minute episode, I would just read from fourth or for, sorry, from fifth edition um, because it kind of just summarizes everything. So they basically retcon. So they they, fourth edition. It was like fourth kind edition. Of, it's, it. it's like that meme where fourth edition, like hit the button that says upgrade. But then it was like, fuck, go back. Yeah. Because it was not an upgrade. Um, kobolds inhabit dragon lairs. Uh, they worship evil dragons as demigods and serve them. So, unfortunately, that part does remain. But they do actually have their religion back. I'll get back. I'll get to that. Oh, that's um, good. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, are egg-laying creatures that mature quickly, physically weak, blah, blah, blah. Num- numbers. Strength in numbers. Uh, they're tunnelers and builders. They uh, mine and they lay traps. That's all still the same. Um, they <laughs> this part's very. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They change um, what happened with Garl Glittergold. Oh, um, yeah. Um, in addition to the dragons they revere, kobolds worship a lesser god named Kirtlemac. Legends speak of how Kirtlemac served as Tiamat's vassal in the Nine Hells until oh. Garl Glittergold, god of the gnomes, stole a trinket from the Dragon Queen's fort. Tiamat sent Kirtlemac to retrieve the trinket, but Garl Glittergold played a trick on him, collapsing the earth and trapping the kobold god in an underground maze for all of eternity. Oh, shit. For this reason, the kobolds hate gnomes and trinkets in kind. Oh. Kirtlemac's most devoted worship dedicate themselves to finding and releasing their lost god from his prison gates. Oh, okay. So, well, you know, I will say like, that, I mean, if I were Curdle Mike, I would still be like... Incredibly pissed. Yeah. 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 But I feel like that's kind of, that's interesting I think, in, in that it, it's more of a directive instead of just a grudge. Yeah. yeah. You know what I and, mean? And like, they still kept the original, like, Collapsing the 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 spirit on you, but the spirit of it is the same. But I will say, like, I kind of I kind of prefer the third edition. Yeah, I kind of prefer that one too, honestly. But that one could be useful, honestly. And I love this when people do this in like different stories and stuff. You can have it say you have the gnomes who say this happened and the kobolds (laughs) who say this happened, but you never really know which one's the truth. Truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Right. Yeah. It brings back the Erds, which are just kobolds with born with leather wings that can fly. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, yes. Leather wings. They are yeah. called, they are known as gifts from Tiamat, and the wingless kobolds are envious of those gifts and don't always get along with them. Oh, so it's a little bit of a jealousy. It's a little bit of a, like a, say, like four armed Sahuagan. Like, uh, on the one hand, it is auspicious, but it also kind of puts you in a position like that or where they, they feel like they're kind of singled out in their community. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bolo's Guide to Monsters brings back some of that races of, dragon, races of the dragon shine back. Nice. Um, and makes them less one-dimensional monsters. Nice. Um, not Nothing new, really, just kind of flushing their society back out. Mm-hmm. Resummarizing things, basically. Hmm. Well, I mean, like, like I said, nothing new. I really think they kind of hit their stride in Races of the Dragon. Yeah, I mean, at least they're they had the good sense to go back and like or to try to reintroduce some of that like good shit. Yeah. 
that they had back in uh, Races of the Dragon. But yeah, that's it. That's 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 kobolds. That das kobolds, y'all. Well, okay. I have to admit, you did kind of bring me back in with uh, some of the stories from the kobolds. And yeah. I mean, look, not everyone is perfect. Gnomes included, unfortunately. Yeah. Glitter gold, kind of an ass. Man, I bet I bet his apology video was crazy. <laughs> it's stupid. His apology video just consisted of it was just a prank. It's just, it just a prank, bro. Just a prank, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God. I, can't, I made that joke and then it was just a prank, bro. Well. It wasn't a prank. He just tried to pass it off as one. It's just a prank, bro. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Join our Discord. Yes, we need all of y'all on Discord. Let's go. Every single one of you. We've been having a blast. And it's also really easy for me to go back through the Discord episode suggestions. Especially when I'm I'm at work and on my break. I'm like, what am I going to research? Uh, spread the word to your friends. Your friends who like kobolds. Your friends who like wizards. Your friends who like dragons. Oh, wait. <laughs> we have arrived back at our usual. Wait, oh. hold on. And your friends who like reptilians. Yeah. Oh, there we go. And your friends who like Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> your no. friends who like Beast Tribe Daily. I don't know about that one. I mean, <laughs> you can tell them anyway. They'll probably like our podcast. I mean, probably. Um, if you have anything you would like to suggest. Like this episode was a suggestion yeah. from a bunch of people. From everybody. Everybody wanted this. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com or alternatively. Send if it you, through. <laughs> uh, join our Discord. You can send it through our suggestions channel there. Yeah. But thank you guys once again for listening. And we'll catch you next time. So, what would be worse though? Being almost crushed or just being trapped? I mean, one of those has the word eternally in it. So, and the other one just has a bunch of pain. Yeah. Uh, Also, it's fine.